and you're watching the Constitution line by line or, or listening, listening to it listening on to SoundCloud. Uh, Paul Fabrizi on my right. I'm Don Frazier. He's a political scientist. I'm a historian. And we are now on the 24th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We're making steady progress through this, trying to explain this document of ours. This very complicated yet elegantly simple document. <laughs> contradictory isn't it yeah oftentimes it is contradictory yeah. it's an enigma wrapped up in a whatever <laughs> a riddle <laughs> a riddle in in a box full of egg rolls or something i can't remember. okay anyway um we're going to talk about the poll tax this time okay poll tax this well you read it and then we'll explain it okay uh it was proposed in august 62 so kennedy was president yeah and it was ratified 20 january 23rd 64 so johnson was president oh wow Okay. Had a little event in between those two It days. sure did. All right. The right of the citizens of the United States to vote in any primary or other election for president or vice president, for electors for president or vice president, or for senator or for senate or – one more time – or for senator or representative in Congress shall not be denied or, or abridged by the United States or by any state – by reason of failure to pay any poll tax or other tax. And Section 2 of that, Congress shall have the power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation. Um, Want to point out there's no time limit to the approval of this amendment. Yeah, it doesn't like, have a timer on it. Like some of the amendments that came along in the 1940s and the 1950s. Uh, but this one came along, proposed during the presidency of John F. Kennedy, and ratified shortly after his assassination. And this is an important part of civil rights exactly. legislation and sort of vision for the country. And the idea that you would tax people in order for them to be able to vote almost goes back to the original idea that perhaps the only people that should vote should be property owners. Yeah, and... The idea was you can do it positively or negatively. Positively, if only property owners could vote, they would have the most vested interest in. Most skin in the game, as exactly, they say. Because yeah. it's their property. The other reality is that if only property owners could vote, what you're doing is you're deliberately choosing not to let people participate in government. Correct. And so the poll taxes – in essence, a vestige of that. But the poll tax really evolved to where it was a negative thing. We don't want poor whites, and we do not definitely want African Americans to participate in our elections. Because and, if you're a wealthy white guy, you might loan the money to the poor whites to vote correctly. Right. But you're not If you're trying it. to marginalize the African American right, vote. Right, right, right. So – when this amendment was ratified, and uh, again, I'm quoting from the book here that we're using, uh, Edward Cook, A Detailed Analysis of the Constitution, only five states still had a poll tax when this amendment was ratified. That would be Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Texas, and Virginia. Wow. Okay. So this has already take, been taken care of, but now we've got the popular will yeah. to eliminate it. Yeah, and what we have was a clear movement, and Lyndon Johnson really pushed it through when he was president with— Building the Great Society. Yeah, um, 
but uh, the Civil Rights Act and the Voting Rights Act that came along in 64 and 65, um, there, there was an effort to say African Americans must participate in our election process. Or must be allowed to participate. Must be allowed to participate. Must not be inhibited from participating. Right. And so the poll tax was a way to do it. And the poll tax, you know, you'd go to vote and there would be a little money you might have to pay for it, uh, for that privilege. And, and, and that the, the proceeds from the poll tax did what? I have no idea. Probably went to pay for the elections. Yeah, okay. The logistics of yeah. the elections. I don't know either. Yeah, I don't know. But it might have just been a way to keep certain yeah, constituencies from being able to yeah. vote. And there was a literacy tax. I mean, a literacy, a literacy test. test back in the old days. Yeah. yeah and uh, that has been eliminated as well. Um, well, but, some would say it has not been. How and so? that Well, because if the ballot is not in your native language, isn't that a literacy test? Okay. Good point. So, okay. And... I mean, today there's an effort to say, you know, you have to have uh, certain types of ID to vote. But that's nothing. That really pales in comparison to what was taking place in the 50s and the 60s in terms of discriminating people. It was just blatant at that time. We don't want you to vote. We're going to come up with a way so you can't vote. And so um, anyway, this eliminated that. Okay. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. In and out. Yeah. Took Quit little, doing that. <laughs> yeah, it, t- it took about 14 months to get it ratified. But there was only five dead-end states that still had one. Yeah. So, I mean, it was easy for the other states to say, yeah, we don't want to be. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to our three-quarters yeah. pretty fast on this. Yeah. Okay. All right, that's our line. We'll pick up the next amendment next time.